Hey, Fidelity, can I get a second opinion on stocks in the Fidelity app? With Fidelity, it's easy to get an outside opinion from independent experts in a single score. And then? When you're ready, trade U.S. stocks and ETFs with no commissions. That's right. I am always right. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity account. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. It's Thursday, May 14th. I'm Akila Hughes. And I'm Gideon Resnick, and this is What a Day, the only daily news podcast that's on the soundtrack of the new Tony Hawk game. Yeah, it's right there next to everything from Blink-182 and a song called Superman by Goldfinger. You can't miss it. Yeah, I've always thought of myself as part of the extended alien ant farm universe. (laughs) On today's show, an update on the 2020 election, then some headlines. But first, the latest. Later this morning, Dr. Rick Bright is going to testify before a House subcommittee. Now, he's the former vaccine chief that we've talked about, who says that he was removed from his job because he didn't want to push for widespread use of anti-malaria drugs to treat COVID-19. And that's what Trump has been promoting, but they were never proven to actually fight the virus and its effects and are actually potentially dangerous. Bright put out an advanced copy of his statement. Akila, what did he have to say in there? Okay, so it is a fire statement. It's all bars. There's no skips. Firstly, he said, and I quote, Our window of opportunity is closing. If we fail to develop a national coordinated response based in science, I fear the pandemic will get far worse and be prolonged, causing unprecedented illness and fatalities. Mm. Unprecedented illness and fatalities. That's, I mean, wow. Um, He went on to say, quote, without clear planning and implementation of the steps that I and other experts have outlined, 2020 will be the darkest winter in modern history. You know, Bright says that he warned the health department about coronavirus back in January, but they didn't act on his call to ramp up equipment and medical supplies. The health department denies this. And now he's basically warning that if we keep following Trump off a cliff, we're going to be in the dark ages again. So wonderful. Please vote. Yeah. I'm I'm interested to see where this all goes with Bright today and into the future. This is serious stuff he's talking about. And what else is happening in government? All right, a bunch of stuff, as usual. So the head of the Federal Reserve, who was appointed by Trump, says Congress must do more in the way of the stimulus bills Republicans keep rejecting. Long story short here, the Fed has been taking unprecedented steps to prop up the economy, but they don't think it's going to be enough. And more data from the Federal Reserve shows that 40 percent of the job losses at the start of the crisis in the U.S., so that's March, 40 percent of those job losses occurred in households making less than $40,000 a year, which just goes to show how important those stimulus checks are and how a one-time payment of $1,200 is just insufficient. Looking at you, Mitch McConnell. Stupid idiot. Um, All right. (laughs) There is more news, though. So the Wisconsin Supreme Court has rejected the stay-at-home order that Governor Tony Evers was trying to extend. The conservative majority court, and I only mention that so you know who to blame when the shit hits the fan, uh, decided (laughs) in a four-to-three vote that the state's public health officer exceeded her authority in making the order. 
Wisconsin's Republican legislature argued in this case that businesses would die if the state were to remain under the order to stay home until May 26th. No word on all the people who will die if they don't, but I'm asleep. Uh, You know, there have been legal challenges to stay at home orders in other states like Michigan, California, Kentucky and Illinois, but none of those were successful. So Wisconsin really is an outlier there. Uh, But all right, you know, that that just goes to show how much is riding in this next presidential election. So you want to talk about 2020? Yeah, I mean, yesterday we got an update from the Biden campaign on some work that they're doing as this pandemic goes on and on. So last month, when Senator Bernie Sanders endorsed former Vice President Joe Biden for the Democratic nomination, around that same time, they announced that they would be putting together these joint policy task forces on six key issues, those being climate change, criminal justice reform, education, healthcare, the economy and immigration. It was one aspect of how Sanders explained how he came to his endorsement and how the two of them discussed their plans to work together in the future. Yesterday, though, we found out the names of the people who would be in these groups. It's a mix of Obama administration alums, progressive leaders that backed Sanders, union voices, activists, policy experts. Here's just a few of the more high-profile names. There's Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who's on the climate change group. She's the original House sponsor of the Green New Deal. Former Secretary of State John Kerry is also on the climate change group. He's co-chairing with AOC. She will be the one to teach him about Animal Crossing. (laughs) And on the healthcare group, there's Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal and Dr. Abdul El-Sayed, both of whom are prominent Medicare for All advocates, a policy that Biden has not yet supported. Right. So, you know, you can see from those names and the longer list of names that this is meant to signal that Sanders and Biden are working together and they're trying to unify the Democratic Party for November. So what do we know about what these groups are actually going to be doing? Yeah. So essentially, they're coming up with policy plans that are going to be presented to Biden and the DNC platform committee before the convention that's scheduled for August. There's been some talk also from Biden and reporting about his campaign that he's thinking about a presidency that would include bigger social programs and reforms, which is definitely a departure from where he started this campaign, which seems like decades ago, as a kind of solely return to normalcy candidate. The idea is that these groups will guide what Biden will eventually campaign on in the general election, and the people on these committees could even have a say on who would be in a potential Biden administration, talking about personnel. So we'll see how it all develops in the coming months and which policies end up winning out. Additionally, on the policy front, we've got a little hot tip that later today, former staffers from Governor Jay Inslee's presidential campaign, which was focused on climate change, are going to be launching an advocacy group called Evergreen. It's intended to push Biden and Congress to go bigger and bolder on climate change. Specifically, they have a petition for House Democrats to prioritize clean energy in the next stimulus bill. So we'll be watching all of this. And, you know, this is the moment when we can really expect to see a lot of activity from groups that are trying to push Biden's campaign and work with him to embrace all these policy ideas. Yeah. And you mentioned the convention. So the DNC, which is set to take place in Milwaukee, has already been pushed back from July to August. But it's seeming unlikely that we'll see thousands of people gathered in one place like even then. Right. I mean, yeah, that would be my I'm not going. Bet for now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, the DNC appears to be acknowledging that, too. The, this week, the Rules Committee voted to allow for convention planners to look at alternative voting methods, which could include a virtual option. The language was kind of broad and it didn't lock them into a decision yet, but it could mean that the convention takes place with either limited attendees or is entirely done virtually. We'll have to see. Republicans are still publicly talking about having their convention in person in Charlotte, North Carolina in late August, though they even caveated it saying they're going to assess later in the summer if that's still feasible. 
And there was also reporting that the RNC had asked the federal government for personal protective gear, which currently in limited supply uh, for yeah. the conventions this summer, underscoring you know how they're even expressing concerns about these sorts of events. In the meantime, as everybody tries to think about how to do this, a lot of people have been throwing out some innovative ideas about how to <laughs> conduct these conventions. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said she recently suggested that the normally week-long DNC could be held in an outdoor stadium with people socially distanced and take place on a single day. Well, you know, I'm just going to chalk that up to it being the brainstorming part of all this because it's not a good <laughs> idea, uh, but it's interesting. All right. And before the elections in November, there were also some special elections on Tuesday that we now have the results of. Yeah. So two losses for Democrats is the top line. Uh, in Wisconsin's 7th District, Republican State Senator Tom Tiffany easily defeated Democrat Trisha Zunker. So this was a district that Trump carried by 20 points in 2016, always seen as a long shot. Mm -hmm. Tiffany ended up winning by about 14 points, though. So slimmer margin than Trump. And in California, even though not all the votes are in at this point, Democrat Christy Smith conceded to the Republican in that race, Mike Garcia, and that was to represent the 25th district, which we may remember was the seat that uh, Congresswoman Katie Hill resigned from last year. Right. So the outcome here is a bigger disappointment to Democrats since it's a swing seat and it was formally won by a Democrat as well as Hillary Clinton. But Garcia and Smith are going to face each other again in November for the next full term of Congress. And that is the latest we have for you now. Happy Thursday, Wad Squad. Hope you're hanging in there and feeling chill. You know, we have another minute to check in, so here we go. There have been shortages and surpluses all around the world, and the latest comes from France, where the government is asking people to please just eat more cheese. <laughs> now, this is a fantasy of mine, but Giddy, what item would you hope our government would encourage us to eat? Ooh, Tabasco Cheez-Its, um, <laughs> buffalo chicken dip, um... Boneless oh, wow. yeah. Wings. If they were like, we have a buffalo chicken dip surplus, that would be lit. I'm bathing. Um, sushi. Oh, man. I could go. I could do endless sushi rolls. Um, but a surplus of that would smell terrible. <laughs> yes, that's correct. You don't want a surplus. You want the exact amount of sushi. Yeah, I want the fresh amount today. That is, that's a very good point. But those are probably the three. I don't want them all in the same meal, though. Um what are you encouraging? What do you want the government to encourage you to stock up on in your belly? Um, I mean, ice cream. So really, we're back on the dairy tip. But like, yes. I I mean, I have been just on a tear all week because I don't have ice cream. And there's just like no world where I'm going to risk my life to get some. No. <laughs> but it would make my life better if there was just like a factory filled with just ice cream and you could come and pick it up. And like that made you a patriot. Sign me the fuck up. <laughs> like, yeah, use, I'm use, doing my diligence. Use DPA for Ben and Jerry's. You know, I think <laughs> at, at a certain point, that's where we're all going to have to be as a country. And we'd be better for it. Yeah, the Dairy Production Act. Oy. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. Well, just like that, we checked our temperatures. Hope you're not, you know, lactose intolerant and that the cheese surplus is working out in your favor. But we will catch up with you tomorrow.
What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, fast-growing trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, Okay. This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. State and local governments in Brazil are issuing their own mandatory lockdowns because far-right President Jair Bolsonaro refuses to do so. Local authorities across the country are implementing strict lockdown measures, including closing down non-essential businesses and issuing fines or criminal charges to violators. Bolsonaro has repeatedly downplayed the threat of the virus and has criticized governors and mayors for adopting restrictions to curb the spread. He tried to classify certain businesses as exempt from lockdowns, but 10 governors said they would not comply. His administration has not issued mandatory stay-at-home orders, despite the country's death toll currently being the highest in Latin America. Yikes. Just yesterday, the country experienced its highest jump in COVID-19 deaths since the beginning of the pandemic. Oi, well... <laughs> Apparently, this is a problem everywhere. All right. Well, the Senate failed to pass a bipartisan amendment to prevent the FBI from accessing people's web browsing histories without a warrant. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> the amendment, written by Democratic Senator Ron Wyden and Republican Senator Steve Daines, modifies a bill that would renew federal surveillance authorities. A majority of senators voted in favor of the amendment, but it was just one vote shy of the 60 votes needed to pass. 
Now the bill is one step closer to being signed into law without changes. And many civil liberty advocates, including the ACLU, claim that the bill without the amendment infringes on individual privacy and freedom. More amendments intended to add additional protections for people from federal surveillance will also be voted on this week. Yeah, they will not be seeing my browsing history of just searching free cheese global over and over. Uh, Some Senate Republicans are getting fired up about a newly declassified list of Obama officials, including presumptive Democratic nominee Joe Biden, who requested the unmasking of Trump's former national security advisor, Michael Flynn. To explain what that means, between Trump's election in 2016 and 2017, Flynn made calls to the U.S. ambassador to Russia that were monitored by intelligence agents, calls that would eventually lead him to lie to the FBI and plead guilty during the Mueller investigation. Obama officials would have had access to intelligence reports about these calls that omitted Flynn's name. Unmasking is asking the NSA to identify a person in a report to provide context. It's very routine and something the NSA does thousands of times each year. Senators Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley are spearheading the effort to turn this normal thing into a scandal. So when Trump talks about Obamagate, this is what he's talking about, assuming he even knows what he is actually talking about. Yeah, it is riveting to watch Republicans learn how the government works in real time. All right, well, (laughs) don't know how to say this, so I'm just going to say it. Worms with glittery skin were discovered at the bottom of the ocean. The -hmm. fashionable bugs are called scale worms because they have scales, and they were identified by marine biologists at the University of California, San Diego. The worms eat dead whales and other sunken sea beasts, and what's interesting is, even though they possess a gorgeous sparkle that would make everyone in Sephora jealous, they're found (laughs) so deep in the ocean that no sunlight reaches them at all. Some scientists think that their pretty glowy scales create reflections that could help them evade bioluminescent predators. Others think that they're just an evolutionary coincidence. Either way, they're making me feel bad about myself, and I don't even want to talk about them anymore. I refuse to even look at those scary little devils. Thank you, Solidarity. And those are the headlines. Okay, before we go, we heard you loud and clear, Wadheads. New Wad merch is here. Check out our tees, long sleeves, and more at cricket.com slash store. That's all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, tell us we're as beautiful as a deep sea worm. Don't you dare and tell your friends to listen. <laughs> and if you're into reading and not just the amazing catchphrases on WAD merch like me, <laughs> What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Akila Hughes. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and please, please hire, hire us, us to, to eat cheese. cheese. It's my calling. I volunteer. I was born for Brie. That's what they always said. <laughs> What a Day is a product of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun is our assistant producer. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our senior producer is Katie Long. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. 
Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador.